0: And thank you to our lead sponsor, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 392. Our first sponsor thanks today goes to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Our theme for 2019, 50 States of Slow Flowers, continues today with Kate Reed of Gray Tabby Gardens in Lake Mary, Florida. So listen for our conversation at the close of this episode. Today we return to St. Louis, Missouri, to check in with the dynamic duo Mima Davis and Miranda Dushak of Urban Buds. Not only will you hear more about their farm's expansion news, I especially wanted to have them on today to highlight the upcoming Urban Farming Conference that they and others have organized as a program of the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Every other year, ASCFG has a large annual symposium, such as the Raleigh Conference last year. Then, during the alternating years, such as what's happening during 2019, ASCFG produces several topic-focused regional sessions around North America. Later this month, on Saturday, March 23rd, the second such event of the year heads to St. Louis. You'll hear a preview of some of the presenters and their topics that will be covered at this one-day event which includes a panel presentation from Mima and Miranda and owners of two other Missouri flower farms, all about the results of their research and trials on winter flower production. There will also be a tour of the local floral wholesaler, Bashan Skinner, and a farm tour at Urban Buds. Spring will have barely arrived outdoors, but inside the greenhouses and high tunnels at Urban Buds, beautiful seasonal flowers will be on full display. I'm excited for the attendees. The city farm is a sight to behold and proof that a flower farm can be just as successful on small plots as well as on larger acreage. I love how the Urban Farming Conference is described by ASCFG on its website. Not all cut flowers are grown on a traditional farm. Increasingly, more and more farmers are finding land within city limits and producing a remarkable variety of cut flowers on a commercial level. Learn from two of the most successful, Mima Davis and Miranda Dushak, how they carved a one-acre cut flower farm out of the middle of a St. Louis neighborhood and continue to expand their crop selection each year with innovation and environmental sustainability. You'll find links to conference details and registration information in the show notes for today's episode 392. I'll also have photos of Miranda and Mima, their farm, their flowers, their social places, and a link to the interview I recorded with them when I visited in 2016. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, And today we've got some special guests all the way from St. Louis. I'm just joking because we're on we're on the phone. So, folks, we're not even seeing each other. But I'm so happy to have um, Mima Davis and Miranda Dushak, their partners in Urban Buds, City Grown Flowers in St. Louis, Missouri. Return guests. Hi, ladies. Hi, Deborah. So good to hear your voice. Hi, hey, Deborah. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking it was like two years ago when I was in St. Louis and got to spend time with you in your beautiful greenhouses and use your flowers. And it's just, boy, that would be fun to be back. And that's what we're going to talk about is the event that you're hosting in St. Louis. Um, it's the upcoming ASCFG uh, I guess, spring conference on urban cut flower farming,
1: right? Well, yeah, um, it does include urban farming just by the mere fact we're on the urban farm, Um, but we're diving in to a bunch of things. Season extension um, is going to be a huge topic at this event um, because we're really focused on extending the season. And um, so, yeah, urban farming, extending the season, those are two the two primary jobs mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. You
2: know, we were we were recently at Oregon State University's nineteenth annual small farm conference and uh, they had us come out. It was such a special event and, and what happened, Deborah, is that people wanted to know about the business aspect quite a bit, how we worked with our city. So, you know, the workshop's gonna be it's kinda hard to market it a bit. It's like essentially this is how we did it. Here you do it better. But, um, you know, we're we're opening up the farm and we're doing it through the AFCFG. So we're not making uh, Boku bucks on this workshop. We're we're doing it for. um, It's
0: getting back. Yeah, the members. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you clarified that because um, when I look at obviously that the title is Urban Cut Flower Farming and it's Saturday, March 23rd. Um, in uh, right in St. Louis. And you're, it looks like you're partnering with a few people, a few organizations like the Missouri Department of Agriculture and the... the ex- Bates and Skinner. Yeah, Bates Skinner. Bates Skinner,
2: our wholesaler.
0: Right. And then um, there'll be other speakers. So let's just go through the timeline. But I'm glad you brought that up. It's like basically, if somebody has 10 acres in the suburbs, this is just as relevant for them. It has The urban is just because that's where the the meeting is taking place,
1: right? Absolutely. Um, you know, um, a lot of people think, you know, oh, I've got all this land and I plant it planted, but sometimes that's not really the most efficient way. So maybe come in and seeing it on a different scale, uh, a more human scale, right. a more doable scale. You know, that's, that's human. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, I just think like, look, we, we live here as a family. This is a family business. I mean, you know, yeah, they can scale it up or they can scale it down or they could do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. So I I hope people from the region come. I know it's kind of a rough time, um, you know, um, March 23rd, but man, we hope people come out. We're excited to open up the farm. We're cleaning. So, <laughs> uh, so register <laughs>
0: St. Louis. Woo! Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's a great one day hit for, I think right before the season explodes, I think it would really inspire people. Yes. Um, and yes. the point you made about scaling. I mean, if you're doing something in a greenhouse, that is the same scale of greenhouse that might happen on a larger farm and so you can kind of zero in on how do we manage this volume of space especially with the topics that you're tackling like winter production I mean that's that's new to a lot of people right
1: yes correct that is um you know not a lot of people are doing it it's definitely considered on the edge you know and um and so we just want to you know tell people what experiences have been and and we're learning it right along there with you, right? You know.
0: Well, I remember when I visited you, and it was April, and um, you had beautiful early crops. You had, I think, you had stock and anemones and ranunculus, and probably lots of other things. But it was because you had really pushed the envelope as far as possible for growing under glass or in a under. I think is it glass or is it a high tunnel?
1: Both, okay. both. It's under the glass and under uh, the high tunnel. We added another greenhouse since you've
2: been here. And uh, the first year, we did get flowers for Valentine's Day. We had dahlias. We we were, it was amazing. Wow. This year, it froze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's celebrate that victory. And then, then the polar vortex came eight days before Vance, and we called it our uh, Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh-huh. So, um That sucks. That's okay. The glass house survives. You know, we need a generator. We need monitoring systems. We're talking to Paul and Sandy Arnold. Do you know them from Argyle, New York? Mm -mm. Yeah. They're really good veg farmers and they, um, their son invented
1: this monitoring system. We definitely are learning right along, you know, as we go, you know, we're only, this would be our second year, uh, doing year round production. So it, it's still a baby to us, but we want to sh- share our um, findings from a grant that we got from last year um, where we were because We were cutting dahlias uh, January 1. Oh my
0: um, God, I can't even believe it that. Was,
1: da-
0: <laughs> you said dahlias. Yeah, you they said dahlias. Yeah, not daffodils, dahlias.
1: Dahlias. That dahlia's. is insane. Uh-huh. You know, well, you, you know, know what? The big dahlias. You know so, so, Deborah, that.
2: I just want to point out, I want to bring up art and bloom because you were here for that. Yes. And we had beautiful flowers. Well, this year we only had Presia, uh and anemone. And the guest speaker was Ariella. How do you pronounce your last name? Shazar.
0: Ariella Shazar. Yeah. She was amazing.
2: Yeah. She was so nice. Yeah. So
0: she, did she
2: use she the, was was so she, nice she came
0: to the farm and she used those flowers, even what? though she probably wanted more. She's probably excited to have freesia and
1: um yeah frigid anemones. anemones yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah well so we're definitely um uh... what
0: i Go think that, what i think is so interesting is when mima and i first met we kind of got into we got into like a little duke duke it out battle about what is local and i remember asking yes. him, and this was years ago and i remember asking you mima what do you have to offer your customers in winter because I've been, you know, the, my biggest fear is if people are um, committed to local flowers, but then there's a dead space in, like, you know, the three or four months, or in some cases, six months of right. non-growing season, they'll drift off and just buy anything at the wholesaler and not and kind of forget that they love local. And and now you've proven that you can fill that gap with innovative farming techniques to have product in what yeah, others but- others <laughs> might consider the off
1: season right right it is doable it definitely um you know it's it's a little different for us because we're on a on natural gas and i think you really you know have to consider your your cost in terms of Mm. propane versus Mm -hmm. natural gas natural Mm -hmm. gas is way cheaper um so that's a real advantage for us you know in the urban area that we're on natural gas
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So is the only I think
2: other. Now we is- need to- Go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say, we need to uh, tweak with everyone's great ideas, like the people who come to this workshop and we hope you come Deborah, and oh. bring your friends. Oh, I
0: would love it. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> that same day is the, uh, Washington state, uh, Farmers' Market Managers Conference in Walla Walla, Washington, and that's where I will be speaking. So I'll be sending you the love long distance.
1: Okay, great. <laughs> walla Walla.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do they send us some onions? Is that what they grow out there? There, onions are, and there?
0: Yeah, there's a few flower farmers, potatoes otherwise, I guess. But no, they, they need, that's a crowd. I mean, the farmers' market managers aren't particularly aware of growing techniques for flowers, but, I mean, that's the crowd that needs to know you know, what you guys are doing. So I cut you off. When people come to the conference, there's sort of two, there's three locations. So this is like a movable feast, this conference. Right,
1: right. Actually, uh, actually, there's only two locations. There's uh, the uh, Mary Kay Learning Center, which is um, on Flower Row on LaSalle Street here in St. Louis. Um, That's where Floral Row is. Mm-hmm. and they'll get a tour of Bation Skinner while here. And then the, it will move. And we have a classroom space,
2: and that's where we'll do the presentation. So I we'll see. present the information, the data from the grant with two other farms. See, we were on a grant with a rural farm and a farm that sells into Kansas City and a farm that sells into Columbia, so mm-hmm. the only, like, big cities in Missouri besides mm-hmm. Springfield. Mm-hmm. But, um
0: and you all use different, anyway, they're gonna. you all use different methods to sort yeah. of trial winter production or what was the grant for? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ian, who's
2: in Osceola, Missouri, he's a veteran and a second generation flower farmer. He did wood and it, he couldn't keep up with it and it, his greenhouse froze. And then Liz Graysk, who sells into the Columbia, Missouri market, that's where the University of Missouri mm-hmm. is,
1: mm-hmm. she, um... She tried these heat mats, which actually Ethan is doing really well selling flowers this year. Um, His grant's been very successful. Yay for Ethan. And uh, yeah, he he had problems last year. (laughs) We had problems this year. So, Mm -hmm. you know, once we straighten out these problems, these issues, you know, I think there'll be a lot more growers jumping on this winter production. Um, You know, it just keeps your space in the florist. It keeps your space with your farmers, market customers. Mm -hmm. It just, Sure, you in the marketplace
0: and so the grant but we did also the grant to com- use did, did the grant come from uh, the state of Missouri or um, was it like a USDA grant?
2: It's kind of both. I mean it's a especially crop block grant that mm. is administered through the Missouri Department of Agriculture, but the funds are. they have to make a report. To USDA. Mm, mm-hmm. So we have a liaison. Uh, we have a liaison with the Missouri Department of Agriculture who has um, helped us for who, who's helped us for five years of grants. Wow! My gosh! I mean, yeah, she is amazing, and she sees that we have problems this year, and she's like, "Okay, let's you know, you all need a generator. Let's figure out how to get one." You know, so wow. um, it's great that they're helping offset the cost of the, the risk, right? And um, it's also great that there's three of us doing experimentation so the results can come out faster. Mm-hmm.
0: And then that can kind of be available for other farmers to tap into and, and see which, which of these pro- processes is most applicable to their farm. Correct. Well,
2: technically, these reports are owned by the government.
0: Let's pivot over to just getting an update on what's going on with Urban Buds because you're now in what season would you say? We celebrated on the twenty sixth of February.
1: We own the property seven years. Yeah, seven years. We've been eight. No, seven years. Seven we've been years. In, in production. Wow. And so you're you're entering your
0: seventh well, year. that's or when the project started. Yeah. Are you?
1: So basically,
0: yeah. you've 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 pretty much much maxed out your property and then you added a second property. Is that correct?
1: Yes. We're adding, um, yes, we've added, um, another, are you referring to, well, we
2: have a, another field location that's, uh, on city owned land that we rent from the city. Okay. And, um, that is, um, six blocks away and then um, recently, we well, just bought, we just bought. We closed on March fifteenth on the house right next door to our house. Wow, which was a rental. Yep. Now we own that. seven contiguous lots out of fourteen. We own half the
1: block. Wow, it's like, it's like it's right. It's like Monopoly we, already. We, I we, love it. Right, we have enough houses. We could now get a hotel. So, uh, so we want to use
2: that house. We want to use that house as a guest place, right? Cool. So, like, you know, when speakers come to town, people we want to hang out with our families. You know, Mm -hmm. our house is really small, Mm
1: -hmm. so I don't know.
2: I think this is going to be really good for our family and our business, and 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 there's land
1: space, more land space there also.
0: Well, what I noticed about the block you're on is the ne- the individual residential parcels are not super wide but they're very deep like there's all that land in the front and the back of every house
1: right to grow right on. yeah yeah we're growing um before we bought the prop the new property we we're growing on an acre
0: so when what do you want people to see when they come to urban buds uh this later this month on march 23rd you're going to give a like Open the gates and just let everybody poke around and see what you're doing. No, and it's ask- a guided tour. <laughs> yeah, we'll give them a
2: guided. We're, we're going to put the tools up. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a. We're going to have a guided tour where we explain from starting. You know, just how, the flow of the building, the flow of our work schedule, how we organize
1: things in our mind and physically organize things like seeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just basically opening up the farm you know you know my passion is season extensive so you know i'm gonna be really focused on that but any questions anything's on the table mm-hmm. that's cool
0: well especially because we want people
1: to see flowers i
0: mean yeah uh,
2: we, we want people to see flowers beautiful flowers of course when you uh um, now we want them to see healthy plants
0: yeah exactly what? and and even though you're not probably working in your rented field yet you're gonna you probably have all your all your stuff sp- seedlings started and your soil blocks and everything for that field or how do you
1: how do you get ready for that the the seeding greenhouse is packed and and actually most of the tunnels are also packed Mm. are planted Mm -hmm. yeah um not much is in the field um we're going to talk about our perennials are in the field but um our newly planted perennials we're going to talk about soil health you know that that's it really
2: all of us were just dirt farmers you know you got to keep that soil healthy and and here we've really um, the challenge of rehabbing this type of space is the poor quality of the soil in these uh, old greenhouses. So that we're uh, we're working at with using cover crops and um, drenching the drenching the soil and bringing in soil. So that's kind of interesting because season extension is harder on the soil. Mm, you have to be more point. responsible. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it really is. A, you can just burn out the soil.
0: Right. Because you're, you're just working it. yeah, you're, you're asking so much of it in an intense way. Um, but right. your, your, yeah. me, your methods are organic. So it's just being sensitive to how to re- rebuild the, the, I guess the, the nutritional the health of the soil. I love the way you kind of approach it. Like if you have a question, you kind of learn along with everybody else and then you share yeah. your results <laughs> and your insights. Um, it's, very participatory, and that's why I think the tour will be great because you you can give a general tour, but it'll be most educational if people come with questions and you can be really specific right. and drill down. Um, I do have another question about the tour at Beish and Skinner. I, they're, a, I guess, you would call them a conventional wholesaler, right?
1: Uh, yes. You know, unlike other floral wholesalers, they sell to the public. Oh, as I well. see. Okay,
0: are you selling to them? Are they buying product from Urban Buzz?
1: No, no, we don't sell to Basin Skinner. We just go direct to what we don't sell it to any wholesalers. We just go direct to florists, but we do have a very good working relationship with them. Yeah.
2: They call. Uh, they call. We took our design class there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we have a good relationship with them. Yeah, they have a huge, like, silk dip
0: in, mm-hmm. which I,
2: um, sometimes we buy vases from them and stuff.
0: I remember when I was there. Yeah, they're good people. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was there, I asked specifically, like, where's the American Grown product? And they had, because it was kind of early spring, they had a, a pretty good size, um inventory of, mostly California product. Um, But I was just curious
1: if they were- Yeah, definitely,
0: definitely. Well, I I was just gonna say that I'm starting to see, when I say conventional, I guess I mean mainstream, like wholesalers that have pretty much built their business in the last two decades on imports and offering imports to florists who come in and shop. And I'm seeing this shift where there's many of them at varying degrees are saying, you know, we're getting asked about local product, from our floral customers so we are going to seek out farmers now that we can do business with obviously it's very easy for them to ship product in from california or florida but that may not necessarily be you know seasonal to the whatever location they are so it's just fascinating to see to what degree some of these mainstream conventional floral wholesalers are starting to get it about local flowers and i feel like oh they
1: are getting it
0: yeah yeah like you're clearly bringing them
1: along with this conversation, yeah, but they to Yeah. Yeah. And they are totally getting it. They do have local growers that they um, buy flowers from. Um, and, uh, other local growers that, that sell flowers to the wholesaler for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't because we're on a, on an acre and, you know, uh, we just really like the direct to florist, uh, route. Um, And I think, you know,
2: everyone respects hard work. You know, the wholesaler has seen Mima with Wild Fang Farms. You know what I mean? A lot Mm -hmm. of these relationships, and that's invaluable. I think the success of Urban Buds is in big part because of her prior relationships really opened the door. And then the quality product
1: and the innovative product, you know, just kept it. And kept people excited about it you're but, right absolutely right deborah they are starting to come along with the i was talking i was in there the other day when i when ariella was here and i was having a conversation with bob Beish about it actually and who was the owner of Beige mm-hmm. and skinner um mm-hmm. but he was uh saying how he's really starting to have issues in sourcing flowers Mm -hmm. um yep you know uh imports and other flowers because and even california flowers (laughs) because some of those producers are switching over to marijuana now um and and he and he was like you know wow this is a big issue so for the local you know locals really starting to take some hold on and um you know people who need flowers are starting to sit up and take a look at it seriously
0: I feel like the biggest challenge for us to, you know, as as you know, people who want to share knowledge and educate is to help newer or emerging growers understand that the whole they're the selling to a wholesaler may be an option. It's a different model than you're using, but if they yeah want to just yeah, sell a absolutely. single yeah like a single crop, or if they just have yeah n- no labor and they you know, there's a lot of benefits to selling all to one customer. In our presentation, we take the time to go through the SWOT analysis.
2: Mm. And, you know, you need to know your personality and what you like to do. Market is for an outgoing, personable person and team, you know, Mm -hmm. and that might not be your jam, you know, know thyself and then create your business plan and focus on your relationships accordingly. You know, just do it with integrity Mm -hmm. and don't undercut each other. Mm
0: Right. I agree. I think that's a really good point. And um, Brett, can you just give us a snapshot of what your m- model is? Because I know that Urban Buds does, you do your own design work. So do you have kind of sell to yourself as well as to other florists? How, how does that, how does that slice up?
1: We basically support the farm by direct, selling direct to florists mm-hmm. and farmer's market. Oh, you're still doing um, farmer's markets? Um, we, and then yeah oh,
2: absolutely we love farmers We just market. expanded to do a sunday market isn't that crazy
0: <laughs> yeah we're... well it fits your personalities and it's also
1: <laughs> but we're hiring
0: an employee for that sunday market mm-hmm. so uh, so what? how many markets are you doing a week then
2: two okay two. yeah we tried a tuesday market we tried a tuesday market last week at, or last year yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, I think it's flower farmers, you know, people don't host a Tuesday night dinner. They hold a, host a Saturday night dinner. Mm-hmm. Our
1: selling mm-hmm. sources are farmer's market and florists. That's who we sell our products. Right. And mm-hmm. no, we- and our wedding customers.
0: Yeah. And, and the, weddings And the
1: wedding.
2: Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> is the wedding, are you just, Are is it your include your design work or are you also selling buckets, uh, flower buckets or, you know, a DIY bridal bridal program? Oh yeah. Yeah. We do both. Oh, yeah. we, we do, do both. full
1: service weddings to the buck, the bridal, you know, D Y I bride.
0: I wish I was sitting with you, uh, having like mimosas or something. It would be so much more fun than doing this. Right. Distance. Exactly. That's <laughs> what we need right now. For sure. Well, I guess we're going to end this by saying that if you go to the urban cut flower farming conference on Saturday, March 23rd, you're going to have a fabulous time. You're going to learn a lot. And it ends with a tour of urban buds personally guided by these two ladies and i see on the itinerary that there is a happy hour so i'm getting back to my alcohol comment you know Uh,
1: there is a happy hour at the hotel at at the hotel um everyone's gonna say at the holiday inn right uh yeah yeah uh, yes and um and and we're we'll be right there to answer No one's going to go home with a question unanswered that we could have answered. That's cool.
0: And I have the whole itinerary and the registration information that I'll put in today's show notes at com, as well as links to how you can um, virtually meet uh, Mima and Miranda and Urban Buds and then get to see them in person. You'll know who they are. Uh, I hope that people in the region come because I feel like for one day, there's really no excuse not to take that day away from, um, all your garden, cho- you know, garden and farm chores, and just go do a deep dive in in learning how you can improve your cut flower farming business. Um, there's a lot of meat here on this on these bones, and for veterans, they're going to learn what you know their peers are doing uh, with your grant, and for newbies, they're going to be inspired to maybe try some new techniques. So it's kind of cool. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you,
1: Deborah. And
0: thank you for promoting
2: it and. <laughs> You know, one last thing. There is going to be an NHL game. The Blues will be playing at home, uh, I guess, that Whoa. night. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay. So, okay. Okay. So if someone wants to travel with their uh,
1: hockey-loving partner... Uh, Oh, I see don't where want you're to come going. It the
2: boring flower yeah. happy hour.
1: <laughs> I see where you're going. Yeah, with that. I, I get it now too, Deborah. I was like,
0: <laughs> "What did you have for breakfast?" <laughs> I thought she was going to say like carpooling is encouraged because traffic is going to be bad, but uh, I get it now. It's no, it's, no, no no, no. Yeah, no, no.
2: Traffic's rarely bad around here. Oh my we God. love St. Louis.
0: Yeah, that's so great. Well, <laughs> I love. I know I've met so many of your clients, people who are talented floral designers who just couldn't live without your products. So. Um, I'm just excited to see the expansion and learn about the expansion of, you know, urban buds becoming like this real estate mogul company in your
1: cute little neighborhood. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I think you'll be impressed next time. Next time you come back, I think you'll be impressed. Okay,
0: the flowering of St. Louis, super. Yeah. Thank okay. you both so much. I just adore hearing from you.
1: Hey, Deborah, <laughs> it was fun. Okay. It, you be well, Deborah. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm just back from the Philadelphia Flower Show, where my mind was fully blown, not only by the warm welcome shown to me on the designer's studio stage, where I presented the slow flower story through flowers, but also by the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see and cover the FTD World Cup Floral Competition. 23 countries each sent a designer to compete on the world stage and over the course of three days tens of thousands of flower show attendees witnessed the highest level of talent in real time. I'll be writing about the competition for florist review and Canadian florist magazines so you can read more about that in the near future. Suffice it to say, There's some kind of new dynamic, new energy, being infused in the profession of floral design, especially here in the US, where florists of all stages of experience and style are inspired to elevate their craft and art to new levels. Congratulations to all the remarkable FTD World Cup competitors. You are the cream of the crop. And special congratulations to Australian floral designer Bart Hassam for winning this international floral competition. I'll have a link to beautiful images and videos from the World Cup in today's show notes. You must take a look and drink it all in. Our next thanks goes to Syndicate Sales an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. And now let's meet Kate Reed, who will share her Florida slow story. Kate owns Gray Tabby Gardens, which is located in the central part of the state. She describes it as a boutique cut flower garden and design studio. You'll hear Kate explain about growing up in England and bringing a love of English gardens with her wherever she lives, including Florida, where she's called home for 18 years. Kate writes this on her website. When I first moved to Florida, there seemed to be very little interest in growing the type of flowers I was familiar with. My research led me to the slow flowers movement and the desire among many flower lovers to source locally grown cut flowers rather than imported flowers. I began to plan and plant a sizable cutting garden where I could grow many of the lovely seasonal flowers that reminded me so much of those idyllic English gardens. The result is an ever-evolving collation of unique and difficult to source garden fresh flowers styled into lush bouquets and arrangements and available to buy. The flowers that are grown at Gray Tabby Gardens are nurtured from seed to bloom and are tended using responsible practices. They have been naturally grown without the use of toxic chemicals or synthetic fertilizers and have been happily visited by bees, butterflies and hummingbirds. I love that. So let's jump right in and meet Kate Reed. Well, today I am so excited to have our focus on the state of Florida. This is part of our 50 States of Slow Flowers series for 2019. And it's my pleasure to introduce Kate Reed of Gray Tabby Gardens. Hi, Kate.
3: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm great. Thanks for saying yes when I invited you to do this with me.
3: You're very welcome. It's fun.
0: (laughs) Well, I know you can't represent or speak about the whole state of Florida. It's a big state. But tell us yes. about Great Tabby Gardens and, and where you're located in the state.
3: Yes, absolutely. So I'm in Central Florida and I am just north of Orlando and it's a small town called Lake Mary. Okay. And uh we're in zone nine B. So yeah, we're we're pretty pretty far south. Hot and hotter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no peonies for you, right?
3: <laughs> no peonies, no, sadly no peonies. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, um, yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm not even a flower farm. I'm, I'm very much a suburban cutting garden. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess our lot size is about um, one and a quarter acres. And um, so, you know, around the house, I have all these like different garden areas that I've developed over the years. And I have. Those all filled with um, like different types of foliage and tropical plants and fern shrubs, um, so I can make use of all of that. And then I have a an actual designated cutting garden, and that's that's definitely less than a quarter acre, so it's pretty small. But um, that's just for flowers, and I have that fence completely because we have a lot of um, deer pressure here. I'm right on the edge of the woods. Wow. So uh, yeah, so that's my size, pretty small. But you know, I, I pack it all in.
0: <laughs> well, I'm trying to picture. Sure. The fact that, you know, you say it's a small garden, but I mean, a lot of people in a suburban area would be thrilled to have an an acre and a half. That's a, yes, that's a nice size. Yeah, no,
3: we yeah we're very lucky. And as I say, you know, pretty much gardening here or growing is is year round. I mean, occasionally we do get a frost, or you know, we, occasionally hurricane. I guess we, we get a yeah hurricane, oh, yes, yes, awful or or like a freeze. But but pretty much everything is you know, especially with the greenery, it's it's growing it's growing year round. I and mean, sometimes I even forget that I have it, and then people are like, oh my goodness, you have that? And I'm like, oh yes, I guess so. I <laughs> so
0: these. <laughs> are just things that you inherited when you bought the property they were already in the landscape no
3: actually no nothing here at all so it, it's actually kind of funny because um well I'm I'm originally from England you can probably tell that yes, from my accent, I love but your we, accent we moved yeah thank you we moved a lot um internationally and you know we've been in Florida about 18 years okay and i've always gardened and i think you know that's sort of how i've sort of kept my connection to england but but when we moved here you know I was just amazed that no one really gardened. I don't know whether it was the climate. And people would even tell me, oh, you know, you can't you can't grow those. You can't mm-hmm. grow those kind of flowers here. Mm-hmm. But but I did.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. uh, tell me some of uh, what oh, you mentioned all the foliages that you have. Mm. What, what are some of the things in your cutting garden? Are you bringing a little bit of England cottage style to Florida? Or? Yes,
3: very much so i mean i grow all sorts of different things there i mean obviously you know we have to um plant plant in fall and excuse me try and get those in Mm. early Mm -hmm. so that we can have them in the spring but yes everything i mean larkspur delphinium sweet peas dahlias Wow, um, that's amazing. Am- yeah, all sorts of different it's things. It's
0: not just tropical flowers. You're growing no,
3: things. No, that- not at all. Yeah. No, and, and I, just, I just love all those sort of little you know, English-y, Englishy garden flowers. That's, that's really what I, right. what I love to grow. And I, I originally actually started doing a little, um, a little garden blog. And, I think um, that's um, I how think that I was...
0: started to follow you, uh, perhaps. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yes, yeah, Because yes. I've come and out was... of the garden world, so I think that oh. might be why I knew who I knew of you at least before you. Yes,
3: yes. So uh, you know, I I did that, and and I was kind of late to social media. You know, I wasn't on Instagram probably about two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and then I realized like. Oh my goodness, look <laughs> at all of this. There are flower farms and people are growing flowers. This so, world yeah, is a complete eye opener to me. So, yeah, so a couple of years ago, you know, I, I started to sell and, uh, yeah it's it's really been fun i've really i've just really you know enjoyed it and all the different connections i've made too it's been amazing right
0: especially in an air a state that uh i feel like my observation of florida Mm. is that at one point there was a lot of cut flower farming uh perhaps happening in like that kind of near you, like that area where all the fern farmers are. Yes. But um, then because of the, just the shift in sourcing internationally, it probably right. put some of these folks out of business, and maybe you're part of the yes. renaissance.
3: I hope so. I mean, you know, there are not not very many of us. I mean, you know, there are some um, bigger farms, like I think um, Ladybug Blooms and mm-hmm. um, Little Pond Farm, and then there's Eileen with Farm Girl. Um, and then um, Annie with Williams and Wildflowers. Right. She's down near Sarasota and this Right, morning. I visited but
0: her.
3: Yes, yes, fascinating, yeah. But I think, you know, I'm noticing, I'm getting quite a few emails from people saying, you know, oh, could you give me some advice about growing? So I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's starting to change, mm-hmm. but we're a little bit late to the party. I think mm-hmm. down
0: here. So, Kate, are you growing just for your own designs, or are, how are you marketing well, your flowers? yeah, so
3: I do. Um, you know, as I am so small, but I, I do. Um, you know, like custom arrangements and um, bouquets to order, and then I sell flowers um, at a little store locally, and I'll do some small events. And I'm actually, I'm so excited. I'm actually doing a wedding uh, next weekend. And I think that the the couple found me through my listing with you, which oh, is right. awesome. Yes, and they um, they're actually from out of state, and they uh, they specifically wanted local flowers. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm very croaky because the, the oak pollen is falling at the moment, so it like, caused me terrible allergies. So excuse me if I'm having That's to like. That's okay. Cough.
0: <laughs> How but, fun um, that somebody's so, actually saw you as a source for yes, a unique Florida-grown yes. product.
3: Yeah, which is so excited to do this. So yeah, everything will, will come out of the garden for that. So it'll be wonderful. Wow. And, and so um, uh,
0: the market that you sell at, is it like a little uh, grocery market or a natural market? Well, I
3: st- yes, I started, I was um, at like a little um, organic farm market, but actually I'm doing really well at a, it's actually a, a, a lovely little sort of Victorian emporium that actually carries a lot of English, English goods. And mm. I take my flowers there. So mm. yeah, they've actually done they 've done very well there, which is great so i'll do sorry carry on
0: oh no I just, I just feel like you 're really creating a market where people didn 't necessarily know they needed local flowers because it had never been presented mm. to them and even no, and actually is it,
3: just thinking about it is that there was actually a very funny a funny story. I can tell you so last year um, somebody obviously bought some flowers or they, they had them for me, and I got this phone call. And this lady was, she sounded so flustered. And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, what's happened? There's something wrong with the flowers. But she just, I couldn't stop her talking about these flowers. She was like, "I I just don't believe that these grew here and these grew in Florida. It was actually so sweet. And I had to go through, I had to remember what was in her bouquet and I had to go through and like, tell her all the different flowers because she had no idea. So it was actually really funny. It was, it was, it was very gratifying to right. be honest.
0: Right. You're yeah, like a, was... like a pioneer educating yeah. all these people <laughs> in the, in the so. har-
3: yeah, I mean, I do try to use sort of, you know, different things. So I guess she just had never, had never seen them before. So yeah, it was, it was, that was kind of fun. <laughs>
0: well, it's kind of my reaction when I heard you describe delphiniums and dahlias. I mean, you're obviously have, um, you're growing in probably in the ground. Uh, I do have a greenhouse, or are you pretty much growing no, in the ground? No,
3: I have, I have no greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, I wish I did. Well, I mean, not even a greenhouse, but it would be just nice to have you know, a hoop house to, mm-hmm. keep, to keep the rain off of things. Mm. Mm. Um, but no, I actually grow in raised beds, which, mm-hmm. which helps a lot because we don't flood or anything, but you know, Florida being, um, Florida, we are pretty low lying. Yeah. So it can get, it can get kind of squelchy when it rains. So, so um, getting that,
0: some but, drainage through the
3: raised yes, beds. Yeah, it helps. Oh my goodness. I don't know how I do it. <laughs> Wait, what
0: was that word you said, Kate? Squelchy? Squel- <laughs> squelchy. Yeah. That, is that kind of British? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I love it though. But we get yeah, squelchy, kind of... we get squelchy in Seattle too. So yeah. I also oh, have raised right. beds.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I have to I have to put my I had to put my Wellington boots on and, and go out and squelch about out there <laughs> that's so great yeah,
0: well what, what is the name Gray Tabby uh come from tell me about that well
3: actually yeah it was the name of my blog and I I we don't have him anymore sadly but yes he was a, a lovely cat that used to live out in the garden and so he was always there so I just I don't know I just called it off to him and it, it just stuck so yes it's, <laughs> People seem to like it. Oh, that's
0: sweet. <laughs> do people ask to come to your garden and tour, or are you pretty they, much hands-off?
3: Well, that's always a little bit of it. I do. I get asked a lot, to be honest. But it is it is a little bit difficult, you know. Otherwise, I feel like I get floods of people mm-hmm, touring mm-hmm. around.
0: Well, it sounds but, like um, you're kind of a one-woman show in, in terms yes, of...
3: I am. Very yeah. much. Yes, very much so. I mean, my husband's awesome. He'll, he'll, like, lift some of the heavy stuff. But, no, it's it's uh, it's just me. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it. I, I i do i really i really love it, it i, I it's yeah awesome.
0: well i think that, that yeah. a lot of a lot of listeners of the Soulfires podcast are in the same position as you in that mm-hmm. they they kind of have this as a side hustle or as a, yeah. a maybe i'll start now and mm-hmm. work my way into a full time maybe right. post retirement or I, something
3: definitely and i think that's the way to go i mean you there's so much to learn i mean goodness if i had rushed off and got Five acres and tried to do this, you know, a couple of years ago. I would have been making a lot of very expensive mistakes. Right. So it's so so much better to to make the mistakes, you know, Aww. when you're small. So right. and we are looking, you know, for land to um, to expand. Really, it. I was just going to
0: ask yes, you if you were I, maxed
3: out. Yeah, no, I I've been looking, but in fact, we we thought we had something secure, but unfortunately, it kind of didn't didn't come to fruition. But it's very difficult around us. It's not even just residential, but a lot of the um, you. Know, know the old citrus groves and agriculture's mm. been sort of swallowed up by commercial development. Mm-hmm. And of course the prices for that land is it's ridiculous. So
0: How far is Lake think, Mary from Orlando?
3: Um we're about forty minutes, I okay. guess. So like so that. you're competing
0: you're competing with the kind of People building residential developments and commercial yeah. developments, uh, and then
3: off you know office developments, mm-hmm. big big medical developments, mm-hmm. things like that. So mm. yeah, well, so you know I will keep looking. I'm not going to give up. I'll find something eventually. <laughs> well, we'll
0: follow your journey. Uh, will you share? Oh, thank will you, you. Will you send me some photos of your of your designs and your flowers and you? I'd, I'd love, love to. Oh, good. Yeah. I'd love people to sort of get get a picture in their mind's eye of what Great Tabby Gardens is and oh, who Kate you. Reed yeah. is. Um, is there anything else I didn't ask you, Kate, that you want to make sure I, we include to let oh, people yes, know yes, about so. well, f- I te- Florida? Yes, if
3: I'm able to, well, I would love to give a shout out to a local florist, actually. Now, tell you why, she has been so good about supporting local flowers. Yes. And that's, um, Stephanie from Little Wild Bloom in oh, Orlando.
0: Little Wild yes. Bloom. Okay. Little Wild Bloom.
3: Yes. And she's been so good, you know, about about trying to use local local products. And, you know, I, I do very little wholesale because obviously I'm so small, but I do try to, to get to 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 get things to her and Mm -hmm. uh, it's fun to see, you know, how she, how she uses them. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, people are, people are becoming, you know, more aware, I think.
0: Yeah. I just think that you, you guys have Mm -hmm. a unique challenge in Florida to just change the conversation. And in a way I see this happening um, a little bit when I was in Hawaii as well. Like these are just landscape plants. Why would you cut them and put them in an arrangement, that kind of mindset or just taking maybe taking for granted that, that this is, Sort of available, and why should we pay top dollar for it? I don't right. know what it is.
3: Yeah, no, I think you're right. You know, we just sort of tend to sort of overlook what's there. You know, but um, but I think also people think that perhaps you just can't grow the flowers right. here, but but you really can. I right. Mean, you know, you really can. And... Well, that's what you uni-
0: <laughs> I think that's your unique space. From what I'm hearing, is like if you're growing mm-hmm. things that are people. Maybe from other parts of the country who you know yearn for those cottage garden flowers or those beautiful summer annuals, they don't think they can have them in Florida, and now they're starting to show up at at your market. Absolutely,
3: absolutely, and people, you know, people, they're amazed by it. I mean, the you know the reactions, the reactions. I guess, oh my goodness, I didn't. How did you grow ranunculus here? And I'm like, whoa. I just did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, my gosh. I just I just tried, and it worked.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's great. Well, Kate, yeah. Ari, I'm so glad you were willing to share a little bit about what you're doing. And um, I will share all your social media spots, uh, locations, you. so people can find and follow you. Yeah. And um, Perfect. I, I'm excited to see what photos you share so we can... Uh, get us sort of change our attitudes about florida and see what we yes. really, really can yeah. can come uh, out of the farms uh that in would your be state. great
3: yes we can we can definitely grow here <laughs> awesome
0: thank you so much for for chatting oh, with me today you're
3: so welcome it was great thank you
0: okay take care we'll talk soon all right Bye-bye. Bye. bye So much for joining me on this journey seeking new and inspiring voices, people with passion, heart, commitment, and expertise to share with you. I hope today's episode gave you at least one inspiring insight or tip to apply to your floral enterprise and what you gain will be multiplied when you pay it forward and help someone else. Truly, we have a vital and vibrant community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the slow flowers movement. As our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support. Support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at debraprinsing.com. Our final sponsored thank you this week goes to the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. You can learn more at ASCFG.org. The Slow Flower Summit is coming up soon on July 1st and 2nd in St. Paul, Minnesota. More than half of the registration slots have been grabbed already, so don't miss out on this opportunity to join with Slow Flowers thinkers and doers in person. One of our past year's speakers dubbed the summit a floral mind meld and I love that concept. Come and be part of the incredible and uplifting experience with others. You can make your way to slowflowerssummit.com to learn all about the many opportunities to join us from flower farm tours and dinner on a flower farm to business and branding presentations to interactive and inspiring design sessions all created to serve you. Subscribe to summit news and updates at slowflowerssummit.com. The Slow Flowers Podcast has been downloaded more than 422,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one base at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com.